and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to 9 to 42, which is the podcast from the guys at the Guitar Show UK. And my good friend Jason Hunt is a little Grinch-like this morning (laughs) as we record just in the run-up to Christmas. Jason, what the hell is wrong with you? Uh, mainly that I've been out drinking three of the last four days because it's <laughs> Christmas and I'm just too old to drink for three out of four days, frankly. Is that it? Yeah, I'm just a little bit battered, yes. Oh, I was feeling really, really concerned about you. I thought it was a work thing, I thought it was a stress thing, I thought stuff was going on and you've just been burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry. No, it's, no it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, I've long known you were a little bit wussy, but I didn't know <laughs> strayed this far. Um, we, we, we're talking to you before Christmas, but you're hearing this in the new year. So I suppose we ought to do... What do we do now? Do we wish everybody a happy new year? Yeah. Happy Christmas. Uh, well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Right. They are. That's, that's, that's both of those salutations in, in three seconds flat from Jace. I'll try and put a bit more feeling into this. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you have a, have a warm and prosperous New Year, and I, and I am more caring than Jason. Let's get on to our first guest of 2024. First time I've said that. And we've just had a long conversation about surnames. So we're going to start with surnames. We have Digital John with us. But because I was brought up well, I feel I need to give you surname. And that's just, that's just we have taken the lid off something, haven't we? Talk to us about your surname. So um, it often causes me a lot of um, awkward interactions when people don't know how to pronounce my surname. Um, Digital John often is the easiest and most common interaction I have when people, you know, bump into me or whatever. But yeah, my surname, Conan, um, is a simple sounding word, but on paper, absolutely flummoxes people. Like they're just completely like buckle and like, how how do you say that thing? So we were just talking a minute ago about how it should be spelt to be pronounced Conan. And I think... It's kind of spelt the way... This is going to sound so salty. It's kind of spelt the way it sounds. It should be pronounced. <laughs> yeah. But because, um, like, if it was... So, for those listening, my surname is C-O-N-N-E-A-R-N, right? Conan, which is basically like Connor with an N on the end. That's how you pronounce it. Conan. So, if it was C-O-N-E-A-R-N, that would be Conan, which is not it. If it had two Ns, that's Con. So far, so good. That's half of the word sorted. We're literally 50% there. And then the second half is just earn. <laughs> E-A-R-N. Another well-known British word used very commonly. And uh, I mean, I've lived with the, with the thing for like my whole life, but I don't know how it causes people so much issue. <laughs> well, well, a couple of things here. Firstly, if everybody gets it wrong, it isn't the same as it's written. So you can be as salty as you like, but actually, if everybody's getting it wrong... Then we need to look at the, uh, the you being a little bit wrong, maybe not. <laughs> well, yeah, that's highly probable. Secondly, it? it'd be cone on, surely. You said cone earn, but cone needs the E. Without the E, it's con. So that oh, would be cone point. on, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, just... I don't know how vowels work, what makes them open. <laughs> or whether there's a vowel following a consonant. We need someone from what's the program where they do vowels and consonants on. But um, anyway... I Countdown. think it's, I think yes. it, yeah, that's the one. Um, right. 
I think it has uh, changed over the years. It's like an Irish name and it was spelled really weirdly. And this is actually a simple way of spelling it. Just, you know. Right. I, I'm, I'm pleased we went there. And apologies if I sounded a little bit aggressive there. No, it's all right. But but I was just going with the, the silent majority, really. Yeah, no, it needed to be said. I haven't really talked about it much. And like I say, it's probably going to be useful for some people. Okay, well, bear in mind, you've still got Christmas to go. Maybe you should go and have some quiet time just to consider <laughs> it a little bit. <laughs> After this, I'll, I'll spend a few hours just yeah. contemplating. My Sounds name. rude. Excellent. <laughs> God, I feel, I, feel, I feel like I'm in full-on dad mode. I need, to, I need to drop out of that. It's not very good at all, is it? Um, so anyway, dig, Digital John, as you are more commonly known, yes, and you are wearing your Anderton's hoodie, mm-hmm. um, and, and I suppose we ought to start... Well, that's why we know you, isn't it? Yeah. So um, incidentally, I am wearing the Anderton's hoodie because we um, were all asked to film a little video saying Merry Christmas, hence this. But I thought it would work for this because we're going to talk about that. But um, That's fine. Yes. We all know Lee. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Do you want me to basically just break apart where that all came from? Go um, on, please do. Yeah. So back in, oh man, 2020, my career went very online like most people's did. Mm-hmm. that was the only thing we could do as guitarists and i posted videos more because i was doing it a bit beforehand and you know start up music out all that um and i was using modelers like neural dsp the quad cortex that was my kind of thing that i used in all the videos and i was a chapman artist at that point i think i literally joined before 2020 so all of this kind of happened at the same time um so rob i was kind of on rob's radar lee's radar and i guess pete's just through that um and throughout covid post loads of videos they kind of saw me as one of their Chapman artists using the digital kit, I guess. Um, and I've never really asked how I got, you know, the Anderton's role or anything. Um, just part of my anxiety about imposter syndrome all the time. But um, I guess, again, because I was on the radar that way, they brought me on. And Lee did say that they wanted another presenter to deal with all the digital kit. So I was like, sound, I kind of use it anyway. I'm, I'll happily do that. Um, and I became the kind of digital representative for Anderton's. And the first day I did a shoot, it wasn't like you're going to be a new presenter. It was, let's film some videos. And if it all works out, then, you know, the role's yours if you want it. Because at the end of the day, it could have gone really well in the room. And it did. Um, we all got on really well. I went for lunch. I had a meal deal. All, all, all the rest of it. Um, <laughs> good old chat. Did it a proper British way. Uh, and then, yeah, like end of the day, Lee was like, that was great. Thanks again for coming, doing the drive and stuff. But if, you know, the video comments show that, you know, people aren't really clicking with you because at the end of the day they decide um then you know unfortunately won't be able to it wasn't that kind of bleak but like that's how it kind of felt it was like oh man that was a great day and i felt great about it but then it was like oh no this may just crash and burn anyway the video went down really really well um and i can't i don't really watch it because i I cringe at how i mean i'm still awkward on camera now but like the first anderson's video was I feel like I was a completely different person. I'm sure you guys have similar things with like, I don't know, the podcast or something. But oh, like, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. When you look back at old stuff like that, knowing and that, knowing now how many people were watching that, it it makes me so like, it makes me cringe so deeply. Anyway, the video is fine. The video is fine. Um, and I should have thought about my tone a bit more in that. I just literally threw on some sounds I was using live that weren't EQ'd properly and everything. But um, yeah, so talked a bit about that. And then Lee was like, um, this guy needs a name because all the presenters on Anderton's do like you know Rabia, Afro, Danish Pete, the captain, Chappers for Rob, and then um, Lee just off the dome 
then was like digital john and i can remember him saying that i will probably do another one down the line but this is digital john type thing and then it literally just stuck and Oz, the video guy um did the whole digital john robot vocoder thing just in post and threw a little pixelated like screen grab on my face and then that became the meme and um two years down the line still sticks and then i literally like last year at the guitar show in february i was just walking and i just heard like digital john's like as i walked down the aisle oh man um which kind of feels like a heckle (laughs) but uh, it's like a nice heckle i I think if they really hated me they would do something worse but um yeah it's 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 nice you know and at the end of the day the music i'm doing at the minute is very electronic and i've always been into electronic music and like daft punk one of my favorite artists ever and it's nice to like really lean into the electronic digital thing um without you know feeling like i'm faking anything so effectively you were always digital john you just didn't know it always always yeah <laughs> i may have digital dna no <laughs> yeah. we'll never know wait this is really interesting um and, and i'm telling you this now because it gives you an opportunity to get rid of it if you want to um but googling you yesterday to make some notes for today i came across your wordpress site your music futures Oh, that was a uni module. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to find this now. (laughs) And and given that I am also a university lecturer, uh, Ah. I I and teach at BIM. So it's very much the same. You were at Coventry Uni? Yep, it's Coventry Uni, did a music performance degree. Yeah. But I printed out some of it. Sorry. So where is my music career heading is one of the titles. And you you talk about, I now see what's required for me to better myself as a musician, which predominantly lies in the area of personal social development, such as networking and social interaction, in order to build my circle of contacts. I mean, I don't know what mark you got for this, but I think you're definitely on a first right now, (laughs) because you've actually followed through on on all of this. I didn't BS my uni degree. I worked hard on that thing. Yeah. I think I got a first for uni. I, t- I tried really hard. I know the rock and roll thing is to really not try in like school and that, but I was like, I wasn't top of the class. I was kind of, you know, 75%. <laughs> but um, I think I got a first for uni. I really went in on a uni degree. So thank you. No, no, As a no, uni no, professor just... yourself, thank you. <laughs> I, I think it is very rock and roll, actually. I think unlike when Jason and I, you know, grew up, I think not drinking and working hard is actually quite, it appears to be quite in. At the moment. Yeah, I'm kind of going that way at the minute. Um, I mean, I know we were talking about it earlier, but like I'm trying to sort of limit things, take things in moderation, be a bit more put together because, you know, lots at stake here. I need to be good on video and um, oh, it still hasn't stopped me going out literally before. Oh, I think we got back from a Nora shoot like 5 a.m. before doing a shoot at 10 or something. And it was like that, that was a bad move. But I'm trying to limit that kind of thing now. <laughs> I mean, if I can give you any advice, uh, the first event I ever ran um at the NEC where I used to work was an event called Mini World, mm-hmm. and it was a it was about the mini, uh, but it, but this was so long ago. Literally was, no shit, Jace. Sorry. Yeah, well, people <laughs> might think it's about miniature things. Well, know? the mini is a miniature thing. Well, yeah, but this was the old mini because the new mini didn't exist at this point. We actually had the prototype for it at the show, but. At the same time, there was an advert for the newly launched National Lottery on TV. And it said, win £60, and there was this knackered old mini sort of thing. Win £600, and there was like a good condition second-hand mini. 
And it was like win six million. And there was this 35 foot long stretch limo that mini that had been built. And we managed to get it to the show. And, and bizarrely, the Channel 4 breakfast show, the big breakfast, wanted to come and film at the show and interview me on the big breakfast. So I did what any sensible 27-year-old would do. I went out the night before, got in at 3am, and then I was on site for half five having my makeup done for the big breakfast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Been there. It's uh, a, yeah, you've really got to dig deep, haven't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I took, I, some friends videoed it and they said they'd never seen anybody look quite so pissed off by whilst being questioned on TV. <laughs> I won't say what deep dives they were, but the deep dive videos um, for people who haven't watched them are in-depth, essentially like technical manuals in video format for anything Neural DSP release. And they are like a full day ordeal. And I won't say which ones I did go out before filming, but um, I'll let people try and find that out. <laughs> You can tell by how deep the bags are under my eyes and how much I don't have a soul. <laughs> so dra- dragging you back a little then. So what we've what we've discovered so far is we've discovered that, that Lee came up with Digital John, but actually you were always Digital John. So that's mm-hmm. fine. I, I like that, by the way. Um, and that you did, you've got a degree in performing music. Yep. Okay. But what then happens in between the two? Because unless, you know... You, what you're doing now with Anderson's must, must take a large chunk of your life. But mm-hmm. I guess your life wasn't empty before. Sure, yeah. So, so what were you doing and then what's given to allow this to happen? I finished uni in 2018. Uh, that summer, uh, I was still in a band. We Well, we were in a band since like mm, 2014. So uh, did the uni thing whilst being in a band. That was great. I'd recommend anyone who's listening, if you play guitar, be in a band while you're at uni it's so much fun because you know you've got the kind of support group especially if you're on a music degree like because then it just really kind of fuels itself um but that was good eventually all of us did session work just to make money which is kind of a natural thing um because we're all like quite competent at our instruments um so we did that on the side because we, we wanted to do music at the end of the day so i did that for a bit um with different artists we still did the band thing but eventually it folded just because we were too busy doing other stuff um and then i started making videos on instagram instagram kind of and still kind of is my main platform it was youtube was a bit more daunting youtube i think will always be the number one for like influence well i don't want to say number one for for influence but like the long form like important stuff goes on youtube um and that was just too daunting too daunting but like 60 second clips of me playing guitar was very doable and um i can remember the first video i ever posted i think it's still on my instagram now was a mark letiri baritone cover um when he started having them as demos on youtube and i just ripped it from youtube sorry mark before he had it as a sellable bit of music um and just covered it and uh then you know mark saw it commented on it and stuff like that and i was like man instagram is actually really powerful to be able to make that connection and um mark's still one of my favorite players and that was kind of really exciting to think oh man i could do loads of other stuff from this so um didn't just do it to brown those other guitarists but that was a nice first one to do like started um putting up a few different ideas covers in guitar arrangements with like full productions of drums and stuff um which is really big i think most of my progression has been done through making videos whether that's for neural now or anderton's or something like that like most of my progress comes from doing that and making music um so 
it was it's funny actually i only started putting music out because i didn't want to get copyright strikes um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for that. Like I wanted to keep my Instagram profile, all the connections from that, but I didn't want to cover people's music with their audio in the video because I would have got my account taken down. It would have been a right pain. So um started putting my own music out. And then, yeah, like that goes to 2020 when I started getting artist stuff and all that. But um, yeah, so that was basically from 2018 to 2020. I was a session musician, you know, doing wedding gigs, corporate gigs, artist gigs, um, a bit of band stuff before it folded making videos on the side and that was a couple of years oh i was also a teacher forgot about that um that was a big part of my life um i taught at a yamaha school got trained as a yamaha guitar tutor in solihull um and then uh i taught at a few unis taught at coventry university i got asked back to basically be like a um hourly paid guitar tutor there which was very full circle and weird but um it was cool <laughs> it was fun because uh, I, I felt like I've just left this place why do they want me back <laughs> like you wouldn't ask a student to teach but I guess they saw some value in me and stuff like that so um, and I guess I had some experience of wider stuff to you know teach the students and stuff so anyway taught at Cove Uni for a bit a um, couple years I think it was just like 2019 to 2019 or 20 to 2021 22 um, so a good couple of years but it wasn't much work like you know as Jason knows, like uni lecturers are often in and out at music unis, like they're not there all the time. So it was, it was a nice flexible role. Um, and then I taught at another university called Nexus, which is this uh, music institute in Coventry. There's loads of gospel stuff. And it was really like um, great to get my teeth into that course's content because all of these tutors who had come in and out had literally dumped their whole brains into these PDFs of guitar stuff. And I just absorbed it over the couple of years. And I got way better as a guitarist from teaching. Like, so much like progress happened in those years um one because i had to not look like i'm you know lying when i teach people i want people to feel like they are (laughs) being taught by someone who knows what they're doing even though i don't feel like i know what i'm doing i want to be able to you know do stuff genuinely when i teach it so um i had to get better through that but also just you know you you taste in inverted commas a lot of things when you're a teacher because you have to give these students a variety of stuff to learn so yeah i taught as a university lecturer from about 2020 to 20 well i finished in march last year so i finished the month after the guitar show (laughs) but just went um and i you know i had to reduce my days over those years as things got busier but there was an insane period where i was like doing neural shoots driving down to london for those andertons teaching in both universities and gigs and stuff on this i had basically like seven different things going on at once and i almost like lost my mind um and that was when I was like, okay, I should kind of bring the teaching back and do this other stuff that's a bit kind of rarer. I don't want to say like, if teachers listen to this, like it's not the the goal, but for me, it's like the rarity of Andertons and the normal work and all that other stuff kind of seem like the thing to pursue because it's such a rare opportunity. Um, and I, I, I still kind of get to teach through the videos I do and clinics and stuff like that. So I've got a nice balance at the minute. But Yeah, um, I mean, I think the teaching will always be there if you want to go back to it. Right. You know, so uh, and there's so many institutions now that just didn't exist when I was 18. You know, I think I'd have killed to have gone to a BIM or an ACM or something when I was 18. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, it, it just wasn't available. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't blame you at all. I mean, who knows where this kind of like YouTube thing's going to go over the next 10, 20 years. But the universities yeah, yeah. will always be there. So. You know, and they're, they're always crying out for people who can actually teach because it's it's not just being good at what you do; it's being good at being able to impart the knowledge that you have that enables you to do what you do 
is the yeah. difficult thing we're teaching. So, yeah, it's probably the, the wisest thing to do. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's genuinely the most selfless form of being a musician. Like, being a musician is very, like, me, 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 quite a lot of the time. Here's how fast I can play. Here's what I can do. Watch it, everyone. Let me put it on the internet for you to see. And it feels very, um, yeah, much like that quite a lot of the time. And I was kind of thinking very deeply about it when I was stopping teaching, like, you know, don't have an ego because <laughs> <laughs> teaching is like how to not have an ego it's literally just like here's I, here's what i know you learn it and take it and take it somewhere better kind of thing yeah and i think that's really valuable absolutely i mean i, I don't teach guitar because that would be horrendous because the first lesson would be your straps too short longer longer <laughs> yeah. longer you're supposed to look cool on stage yeah um I, I teach event management but i've learned i've learned more teaching about event management than i ever knew before I mean, you know i could do the job and everything before but like when you're teaching it you have to talk about the theories behind it and it's like oh, there was no theory it was just gut instinct a lot of the yeah. time you know so i do think it does make you better at whatever you do if you're yeah. teaching it as well and like you in say the, you don't you don't want to look a dick in front of the students that you don't know the answer either so you do yeah. a ton of research absolutely yeah and the good thing about the roles i did i could kind of just teach what i had experienced rather than meeting a curriculum yes there was a curriculum to meet but i could kind of um transfer that info in my own way and kind of mm. cut stuff out if i didn't think it was relevant or whatever so um it was great i didn't have to fake anything because i'm really bad at faking it you know when people say like <laughs> fake it till you make it i've never <laughs> never understood it i kind of get it on paper but like, if, if you fake it and then you make it it's like you're gonna have made it with loads of people realizing you're faking it when you haven't done it like do you know what i mean like I I, if i have been faking it up to now people would have clocked it and um i still make mistakes and stuff but like it'd be so scary like being a musician with a high profile who like can't improvise or something like that or like jam with other musicians not that everyone has to be able to do everything but like I've, yeah fake it till you make it kind of got lost on me so from the ground up i've kind of been um literally as little ego as i can have to kind of feel like i've got so much work to do all the time mm. to then just do um what i can and hopefully not have to hide anything and like, i can remember last year at the clinic i was like man i could have said that a bit more eloquently but um <laughs> that's you know if i rehearsed it and stuff it may have felt a bit faker and if i just you know go off the dome with things it feels a bit more genuine coming out of my head i think i don't i don't think you, you need to worry the feedback i got from your clinic was really really good oh great i will stand up next time yeah yeah <laughs> apart apart from people get going why is everybody sitting down and yeah. i was like i have literally no idea but i'm removing all chairs this yeah. time. <laughs> there was such an element of calm when you came in and you plugged in and you you because Danish Pete had been a, a, a had had a nightmare because he he'd bought half the world with him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he arrived and you know I I saw I saw a human being that I didn't know was Pete coming up the stairs holding something that seemed to be about 19 foot wide and I could see the top of his head but I couldn't see his face <laughs> and then he literally spent you know 20 minutes trying to get the 420 things that he brought with him to actually plug together and to make a sound and he was dripping sweat he was absolutely <laughs> dripping sweat and and it, it wasn't something that was lost on the audience he looked he looked like he just moved a wardrobe <laughs> and you strolled in you know with with essentially nothing with with a little box and you plugged in and you very calmly 
just just proceeded to blow the room away. And 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 the the difference between the analog and the digital domain at that point in that point in time could not have been better <laughs> demonstrated yeah. than well, at thank that you. particular moment. Yeah, no, that's very kind. Thank you. But with with Pete, we we off literally every time we go to Anderson's, there's a running joke of like um, us back and forth in like analog versus digital. Even like over pints after we've finished, we will still be on about the same thing. We'll just be having a little dig throughout the day. But I'm so glad that you've said that because I I didn't see that, and now next time I see him, I can be like, ah, remember that time the guitar show when you had to wheel up about 400 tons of equipment? Um, but yeah, like. The digital thing, man. It's the convenience. It outweighs any difference in sound for me. Um, oh, that's going to piss a lot of people off. But I still have, you know, analog kit. Um, but for me, it is literally just the flexibility and convenience and the very minuscule amount of difference nowadays. Like, things feel different through an amp. That's just because they're an amp. It's not a studio monitor. It's not a set of headphones. Like, they're physically different things. Like, they're going to feel different. But... Um, yeah, that's funny. Thank you for telling me that. I'm going to have that in my ammunition. So, <laughs> I love there was you, one point. There was one point. He put a couple of amps on stage, and I said, "Are you about there?" And he said, "I think no, just literally a couple more amps and a few more boxes, and we're there." And I, was, I was like, "How many arms have you got?" Yeah. Well, when you when you're Danish, Pete, you can afford to have. I'm sure anyone would be like, "Yes, take our amp." <laughs> like that's yeah. the other thing. I'm but just, just for the just so he'll speak to me again in the future. Once he got himself sorted and 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 got over the first couple of minutes because he, he ended up running it slightly late and then just started playing. He was sublime as well. So, he was. He was great. You know. I think he drew drew probably the biggest crowd I saw. Um, mm. And people were always coming up to him. Like I saw him at the Chapman booth quite a bit and went for a curry. And um, people always come up to him, super super kind. And he's he has time for everyone. Mm. Pete, like as if he literally is there to see that even at the airport we went to malta a couple of months back and then we just we were at the hard rock cafe in the maltese airport and then someone saw him there and it was just like and malta was a tiny place i don't know whether you've ever been i didn't realize how small malta was <laughs> and um even at the airport there in the hard rock cafe someone knew him and he was like super patient and kind he is a real gem of a human he is we, yeah he's been on here and he was absolutely lovely it was a yeah. it was a joy to chat to him really really the, was yeah. but the just first... in that moment for five minutes he looked an absolute wreck well, I felt one, but I'm glad I hid it. Uh, well, not not sweating, you know, not sweating to the point where you needed a receptacle is is always yeah. a good idea. It's always a good look that. <laughs> I definitely oh. need. Oh man, I, I was sweaty that day. I think everyone, if yeah, it is kind of. It, I'm trying to think of the word. Not overwhelming because it was like really cool to be asked to do it. Because I think I said to you, Jason, like, I've been coming to the UK guitar show since I was like twelve. <laughs> So the first time to do a slot on the stage was like kind of big internally for me. So there yeah. was a lot mentally riding on it. Um, and then obviously to represent Chapman and stuff. Um, when other people like Peter there from Anderton's, I'm the other Anderton's guy. There's like, there was a lot going on in my head. So I'm glad I came across at least karma collected because internally I wasn't. And I felt like, again, I was rambling, just shooting from the hip <laughs> verbally for the whole 45 to an hour slot I had. But um, I'll do it again in March, whenever it is, come down. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, I did a gig on Saturday night with um, Steve Smith for the Marshall demo guy. Yeah. Um, so uh, James, who normally plays lead guitar, couldn't make the gig, so I asked Steve if he'd do it, and he was utterly brilliant. And I was chatting to him afterwards, and I said, you know, did you enjoy it? What was it like? And he went, mate, it's just so nice. Like, he's do a guitar clinic, and he, he flies around the world doing guitar clinics. He said, and it's just a room full of guitarists staring at you going, go on then, go on. Mm -hmm. impress me 
Yeah. This was just so nice just to play songs. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I, That's why I still love doing gigs. Like I still do weddings, corporate gigs and stuff. And the guys that I do that with are actually the guys in the band that I was in in the uni days since we were like, you know, college kids. And we've got that long time chemistry of like being tight. And um, it's so funny. If anyone ever comes to a gig where we're all playing in like a non- original music environment if it's like a wedding or corporate gig we will just throw metal licks and progressive <laughs> stuff in unnecessarily all night and just like try and clock each other's stuff because <laughs> we're just those kind of guys who like indulge in the kind of musicality of things and it's so fun to do without kind of feeling like you've got a brand to please or um you've got people you know thousands of people watching on a live stream or something like that it is fun to still do gigs and i i would really miss not doing them um there is the kind of plan to do my original thing at some point with those two guys like alex and harry the drummer and um bassist bassist but um yeah i I think it's it's lost on people the value of just doing gigs and kind of not having an again not having an ego about like doing a wedding gig because i've got again so much better at just doing regular gigs like that of just playing pop tunes but um i love pop that's kind of what i listen to anyway but pop and electronic music and uh, I get to try out new things. Like, what if I can only do this kind of lick in the C shape of this kind of cage system? Or, like, I kind of give myself little meditative tasks to do. Or, like, how long can I sit on this thing without trying to, like, do a thing in between? And just, like, can I play, like, a sampled guitar part? And I try and practice that way now. Because I don't get much time to just kind of practice with a metronome. Like, I've never really done that anyway. But, um, so you're yeah, like, guitarist Sudoku, really, then, isn't it? You're coming up with yeah. these little... It's great. I, I think everyone should do it. Like, if when you become comfortable in a gig, um, if you have a gig like that, then just make use of the time. Like, it doesn't have to be a drag. Like, either throw in silly progressive metal licks, or um, just yeah, try and get practicing how you can. I, I'll I'll give you something to look out for, which might you might be able to work in. There was oh, twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, a group of session musicians formed a, a unit called Black Sweden, right. And they basically um, took a load of ABBA tunes and meshed them together with a load of metal tunes. Sounds and great. It, and it is the work of genius. It absolutely yeah. is the work of genius. So I would direct you towards just, just finding Black Sweden because I think one or two of those tracks would really work in that environment. Oh, um, Sweden. I've noted it down. Ab- absolutely <laughs> amazing. So that would probably help as well. It would tick all those little mental kind of challenges and boxes as well yeah yeah uh because no metal no hair metal trick is left is left behind every <laughs> single one of those of those things is there yeah so and most uh, of the time people like it on a gig like flamboyance kind of is good in the live music environment and unless there's like a kind of really um what's the word tight md who's really like hands on deck um i've never really been told off i had one very passive aggressive one where i was doing too much um distorted stuff in I, I think it was something like abba or something like that and uh i got a a shout mic in my in ears from the bassist who had been told by the md who was just walking around with the kind of ipad sound thing um and i just got I, this was on the whole band's ears it was just like john use less distortion thank you verse <laughs> <laughs> and then we went on and i was like oh man i've been clocked <laughs> it was kind of like it's kind of like if the darkness did abba Cool. It's got that kind of vibe going on. So, cool. keep, check I've, it out. I've noted it down. Yeah, I'll check it out. But so, of other things that I kind of researched, I found out yesterday that I wanted to ask you about is the Disney thing. 
Yeah. How, how on earth did that come about? Great question. Um, I've noticed here I've got a Taylor flag in my background. Um, yes. I, I, what, what I really like is that you've got your Anderton sweatshirt on, the Taylor flag in the background. I can see your Chapman guitar, I think, reverse headstock telly that type is, thing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, no, it's a Tita. That's actually the first one I got, but um, yeah. Go, very, very on brand. Well done. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm trying not to be a sellout, but it's just, yeah. I'm, funnily enough, get the Nora one in there. I'm also going through a quad cortex with this mic on a patch. <laughs> going through a nice 1176 compressor or something. Um, anyway, what was it? Yes, um, your question about Taylor and Disney. Right, so good question. Yeah, um, back in 2020, like lockdown 2020, when everyone was still inside, I got really into... Um, just like nostalgia, I think. So I spent a lot of time with mum and dad and it was a nice time at home. And then one night um, I was just on YouTube on the TV in the living room downstairs. And I can remember like going through just random old film music. And then Disney Toy Story 2 came up with When She Loved Me. Um, I don't know if either of you can remember Toy Story 2, but when oh, Jesse... Yes. Yeah, when we've, we've got um, kids, we, we know Toy Story 2. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up with those films. Like they were, they're very oh. poignant in my life All right. and, um, yeah anyway for those listening if you haven't seen Toy Story 2 or if you have kids soon you will watch it um, basically Jessie one of the main characters in this second film looks back on the time with her owner and it, it's a very sad song about like recalling all that and then not having it now um, and you know you, you can apply it to like people in your life now it's a very like deep thing as a bit of music but anyway I learnt it and just did an arrangement and then again threw something up on instagram like 60 odd seconds and dan shout out to dan from taylor he um saw it on my instagram and messaged me saying like um no actually he didn't message me he just liked it and then six months went by nothing happened and then i woke up to a missed call from him and a voicemail saying like um hi mate when you've got a chance give me a call back you'll probably not want to miss this um yeah, give me a call back when you're good. Then I called him back and he was like, I just had a phone call from Disney. We're doing a thing with them and um, they want to like work with you and record some songs for them. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. So uh, basically they wanted a EP, which they ended up calling the Disney, something like the John Connern Sessions, like something very official sounding that, that went on Disney's Spotify. Um, and it's still there, I think. Um, and basically they, they got me down to Old Chapel Studios I don't know if you either of you been to Old Chapel Studios no. it's down in Portsmouth it's not there anymore nice little studio um, and yeah Dan just brought a load of Taylor guitars for me to record this arrangement of the one that I did but they wanted loads of old Muppets songs <laughs> I, I haven't watched the original Muppets film um, I think I might have when I was so young but I didn't can't really remember it. it's the original like Muppets film so a few different arrangements of those Muppets tunes and I did them as well um, but they wanted the arrangement that I'd done anyway as this Toy Story track so through that on there as well was like the first one and then that ended up getting playlisted on a Disney thing got like a million odd streams in a couple months and that's the only million streams I've ever had which is kind of cool it's probably got a few more now but that was um, just so crazy and I feel like now looking back on it the the name of Disney is such a big name that yeah again it wasn't like a film or anything but as a guitarist like there, there aren't many bigger brands other than like Apple or Amazon to like 
do a thing like that with and have your name plastered like all over the artwork and again taylor like i've used taylor for years played acoustics it was all just great for it to overlap but i feel like because of that i'm now on the downhill slope of my career because i can't, <laughs> I can't really top it um but it's nice to look back on and it's i think it is still on spotify um yeah it's called something like disney guitar the john connor and sessions um but the main one i did was when she loved me and that was recorded by old chapel and yeah a few muppets tunes that i can't even remember the name of now are on there but yeah that was cool i can't believe you've not watched the muppets i, I hope you've watched the muppets christmas carol it's, I have uh, watched that, yeah. Yeah, it's one of, the, one of the greatest Christmas films ever. It is yeah. up there as one of the great. I was about to say that, actually, that, that we need to give a shout-out to The Muppets Christmas Carol, even though it's January. If they well, want to ask yeah. you back for a Christmas edition, Disney, Walt, well, I know you're not listening, but <laughs> if you are, sign me up. <laughs> well, he may be listening. Apparently, his head's frozen somewhere. Um, well, they yeah. might be piping music into him. <laughs> I, I also noted um, a BAFTA Games Award. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so that was literally a week after I finished teaching in March. Um, a guy who I know who actually met at the guitar show. This is ah, oh, this is very full circle. So a guy called Aaron um, that I met at the guitar show. I've forgotten the name of his pedalboard brand. He's got a cool pedalboard brand where you can assemble the different um, blocks to create a sized pedalboard. Do you know how you've got pedalboards that can change yeah, size and various the Dario one and it's yeah, he's got one that it? you can essentially construct specifically by you know sort of squares so it's not as like longer and shorter it's you can yeah do the show. anyway he had a, he had a brand like that at the guitar show and i think we're just local guitarists in birmingham and he mm. um sort of messaged me and we met up at the guitar show chatted a little bit checked out his company and then the month down the line or something um sent me a message saying like hi man um there's this gig going at the BAFTA Games Awards and they need two guitarists. Are you up for it? Because he's a guitarist and he was doing one of it, one of the slots, because um, he used to be on the development team for Guitar Hero. I forgot which one back in the day. So um, he got a contact through that, I think. And um, they needed another guitarist. So he sent me a message and uh, there was an arrangement of these video game tunes that a DJ called Chipsel, I think, had just um, created. And it was literally a medley of all these video game tracks adapted for two guitars so it was classic like you know shred metal with two harmonizing lead guitar parts very distorted all that and just got a wav file to learn my part um and it's literally two minutes it's about two minutes worth of guitar playing but we went down to london um took the train got you know loads of taxis um hotel it was all paid for champagne and that and it was at south bank i've forgotten the theater but it was it was proper like london london this yeah, thing yeah. uh and yeah we do the sound check uh goes fine we go and have a burger come back 7 p.m it's all live this is what was stressful about it it was all live so we had to nail it and um i've never rehearsed a thing so many times because it was two minutes i could just churn that thing out for like hours and i must have played it over 100 times just to make sure i got it right but yeah we're all suited up and we started the whole thing so it was literally it was streamed on twitch um lights go out we all walk on and then we do the thing and um it goes actually really well and there's there's a funny moment where as we like bow i think it was aaron or i can't remember who it was aaron owned, owned up to it and said it was him but as we roll off our volumes you know how like you do it to kind of noise get your guitar yeah um he 
he clipped the open E string <laughs> just before like the audience came in. And you, if you watch it back, you can just catch it, um, which I found was really funny. We like smashed everything and then you just hear a little mip. And then, <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, it was, it was amazing. And it wasn't a big thing, but um, we got off, then had champagne and then went to like after show. There was an after after show and ended up talking to some businessman who does a job and like, you know, you've got cloudy memories of nights out. It was one of those. It was really mm-hmm. wild. Um, and got back to the hotel, had a Nando's in the morning, fighting for my life from a hangover at Euston. And um, <laughs> that was it. But yeah, it, it was great pay. And uh, it's probably the best hourly rate I'll ever have in my life. Because again, it was only two minutes and it was a really nice amount of pay. So um, yeah, that, that was fun. And th- it, it's wild. It's literally a month after teaching, I'm at South Bank London doing the BAFTA Games Awards. And what's even cooler, <laughs> I found this the other day because uh, someone told me, I think when they Google Digital John or something, I have an IMDB page now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> feels very cool. Uh, but it's literally just BAFTA Games Awards. But hey ho. Fantastic. I, I've heard a similar story of going to an awards ceremony in London and getting to Houston, uh, Houston not Houston. Um, I haven't got a problem. I did have a problem at Houston, though. I was so hungover after the Kerrang Awards that I missed the first four trains. <laughs> I just couldn't bring myself to walk through the doors and get on a train. I sat here at, at the front of Houston. You got all those like donut shops and coffee yeah. shops and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I just sat shoveling donuts down my throat, trying to get my sugar levels back to normal. Yeah, yeah, that was me at Nando's. I got a table to myself, and I was just like, no one talked to me. Like I ordered it on the app. I didn't even want to go. I couldn't stand and wait in the queue. I just, I had so much carbs that day, and then just yeah, man, it was rough. But a good night. So what's next as we as we as we journey into the new year? Yeah. Um it's a bit, it's a bit random doing this in December, Jace. We need to think about this next time round, but I'll 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 try and own it a bit better than that. As we <laughs> as we move forward into twenty twenty four. What's next? So I'm finishing a lot of music now. I played quite a few tunes at the last slot at the guitar show and at NAM. My main thing now is just making stuff like I've been very brand oriented for the last couple of years um, and I've prioritized that because again, the rarity of the opportunities doing the work with Anderton's Norrell, it made sense to do those and put them first and get that sorted and become comfortable doing that. But I, like I said earlier, I produce quite a lot and I feel like most of my time spent is either producing or writing stuff like the editing and actual guitar playing is very little <laughs> for content creation life now, but most of my time is spent in logic mixing and getting better at that um so i'm going to make more music um and i've finished loads of stuff already and just getting the last few collabs in because i'm getting a few slots from well a few little additions from other artists and guitarists and stuff like that but more on that later uh so yeah next year i'm going to prioritize obviously doing what i'm doing but putting my music out under my own name and getting that going again because i hadn't put anything out since the start of 21 um and this whole digital John thing is, again, as I said earlier, made me go a lot more into the electronic digital stuff. And it's very electronic, but I've enjoyed um, merging guitar and electronic stuff and making it almost more electronic than it is rock. But it's definitely got rock DNA in electronic clothes. That's how I'm kind of seeing it. And it's literally taken me a, a year of trying to figure out how to make that sound genuine and not weird and forced and kind of half-assed. But um, I don't know. People will be the judge of that, but... Uh, it's been good fun. Yeah, what, so put, put what, more music out. What happened to the youth that put a picture up of American Idiot by Green Day? Was like, I love this album. I can't remember if it's on your Instagram or your Facebook page or something. <laughs> I do love that. Yeah, great album. 
<laughs> America, like that's the thing. All all of those things are never going to go from my playing, and I'll always love a good power chord. Like, yeah, always, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, Daft Punk have just been my one of the big, I guess, influences. Like when Random Access Memories came out in 2013, that was the summer I left school. So that long summer is a very pivotal moment in most teenagers' lives, and I just like absorbed Nile Rodgers's Wacka Wacka Funk literally that entire summer and it changed that was a very pivotal moment in my guitar playing but i've still kept all the metal and the kind of pinch harmonic shred stuff and stuff like that um and yeah merged it all together and with the norrell and anderton's gigs i have to play so much of that it's you know not that i don't like it that sounded like i have to play so much of it i'm bored it's not that uh i just because i'm so in that zone all the time it's there anyway do you know what i mean so um yeah uh i'm trying to think what else yeah, just kind of go with the flow to answer your question. And um, I've always gone with if things present themselves, kind of follow it through and again, be grateful that you're doing them. So all the Nora Lanson stuff, do that. Any gigs that come up, an artist gig would be cool. Someone comes uh, and DMs me saying, I'd like to play for this guy or girl or group or artist or band. I think I'll take that because I do miss kind of live artist gigs there's a few of them but they're very few and far between with what i do at the minute so maybe some of that but yeah if, well, if a... nothing changes i'll do what i'm doing and put my music out yeah it worked for rabia didn't it, it was well stormzy. yeah yeah so... and that was i think he said that was through his instagram and just yeah pumping content out and, and getting getting out there so sophie lloyd as well with machine gun kelly yeah she's doing amazing stuff um and she's a great player as well so yeah, I mean, those those two are stratospheres away from what I'm doing. But I think that model is a very doable, fruitful thing. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm thank doing you. the guitar show in March. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's also what I'm doing. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. And I spoke over it. Go on, say it again. <laughs> I'm also doing the uh, guitar show 2024 in March. I've forgotten the date, gents. Sorry. But it's it's in March. Second and third of March. Second and third of March. There we go. First time. Um yeah, I'm back again the year after. So people weren't sick of me and they invite me back. So thank you. Thank you both. Uh, yeah, try and play some new tunes that I've been working on, that I've just been talking about, trying to sell. <laughs> and uh, yeah, other other things that come up in between now and then. And then, um, you know, all, all those bits. But yeah, it'll be good. Look forward to it. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed the first chat of the new year. Uh, been absolutely great particularly the reference to Toy Story and, and I still I still maintain that Toy Story 3 was robbed because it should have won the Oscar for best film that year what won it do you know what won it instead I don't know but that sequence at the end where, where they all hold hands because they think they're going to get crushed or whatever in the inferno it, yeah tell me that's not the most dramatic scene of the year it I, was I, 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 don't, Intense. I don't I don't believe you if you don't you know if you weren't touched by that yeah you, you ain't I, human <laughs> Toy Story 4 was also pretty good that was uh, they're, they're all brutal in their own way the Toy Story films it's kind of the Pixar magic in it but sorry that was that was my brand talking with uh, my Disney affiliation I'm not trying to sell Disney <laughs> uh, but yeah shout out Toy Story good. And, and just checking Disney he's not changed his contact details so if you want to get back into it uh, just, just, just use the details you have on file uh, no thanks John it's been absolutely great Jace uh, take care of yourself I will wish you a Merry Christmas again even though for everybody else it's been and gone but Merry Christmas my friend Happy New Year and we will we will catch up in the new year John it's been a blast thank you both appreciate cheers, it cheers mate bye bye
Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. Thank you.